0: accessing library computer data.
1: Hi everyone, this is just to let you know that we had some sound problems whilst recording this episode. I've tried to edit it to the best of my ability by compressing the sound at certain places where it gets quite loud, but I would recommend listening to this episode at a lower volume. We hope you enjoy the episode.
2: Hello and welcome to yet another edition of the Engage podcast. My name's Phil. I'm
1: Simon. And I'm Jamie.
2: And today's podcast is all about... Uh, the NASA and European Space Agency mission, manned mission, shall I say, to Mars. But before we go straight into that, we do have a special guest with us today, which we have the pleasure of, and um, I will
3: let you introduce yourself. I'm Robin Cordell, I'm Simon's dad, and I am by background an engineer and have been interested in spaceflight manned and unmanned for the last 35 odd years. So you've got some, some experience? Not much experience of space flight. I tend to build stuff, but uh, that sort of sticks on the ground. But I have an interest in it. I've followed it very
0: closely. Very knowledgeable. Well, we didn't and want to, do... to say that. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: well, I didn't want to do. Well, we we didn't want to do an episode without some form of how should I put well, this it's... knowledge without us going. Uh, I think so, or we might be uh, this, that, maybe not. It, I don't and know.
0: There's also a part of. Hmm, how can we wrangle our parents into podcasting? <laughs> so it was Let's talk of about of,
2: something you would love. So
0: it was kind of, nev- as I've said previously on the podcast, we will never get further involved on science fiction, so it's like, right, it's got to be science facts then. So what can I do on science facts? They'll go, yes, I'll come on that. And, well, this... Seems, Is what come this, Yeah, this... Yeah. This came to mind and they went, all right then.
3: I didn't give you, get given a choice. <laughs> <laughs> you were forced on. <laughs> you,
2: down you, down. you come with balaclava and uh, loose <laughs> <it's> round neck. <laughs> oh, okay, fine, fine. No,
1: and it's nice anyway because it's a bit of real science, which you know is interspersed with what we do is science fiction with Star Trek, so that's a nice change as well, doing real science. <laughs> well, um, the interesting, more change. interesting thing, by the time we actually end up going that
2: way, we will definitely have aged quite a bit to be fair. Isn't it going to be in the next, say, 15 years, 20 years? Yeah. Is that plan? 20, 30s, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but uh, how are they, I mean, should we explain how they're going to potentially run up to it? How do you want to well, get this kind of going? How
0: the hell are the, well, how are we going to solve these challenges? Because there's a heap of them and you, as we've been talking about this before, you talk about one set of challenges, then you find another heap of challenges, then you find the tertiary level of challenges and then you go, Yeah. how are they going to solve that so I reckon we'll get ourselves a bit confused at the end of this but I, mean, I think at the end of it yeah. we'll come to a conclusion, a conclusion we'll and songs, we'll yeah. go we'll, I think we'll all concur and go yeah that's that's what's happening that's how they're
1: going to try and yeah. yeah I mean over like the last sort of 40-50 years there's been a number of studies and proposals put forward trying to you know as you, as Simon says, a heck of a lot of problems. I mean, one of them is the cost of sending people to Mars. It ran, the estimates have ranged from six billion to 500 billion dollars. Well, well, that links nicely into what I was about to say
2: because they're looking at saving money by putting uh, putting people into status. Because isn't it something like a hundred and hundred and eighty days, um, hundred eighty okay. days to first, get there?
0: First problem: how do you, how do you cryogenically freeze free someone?
2: Um, well, they were talking about cooling the bodies. I've to slow a, down.
3: I've got some serious doubts about that, and the 180 days I have some serious problems with. Um, the fastest man-made object at the present <laughs> time is Voyager. It's currently travelling at around about 40,000 miles an hour. That sounds a hell of a lot. The closest approach Mars makes is 30 million miles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the that's theory. You're somewhere in the 200 to 250 days if you go the shortest route. And for a variety of reasons, that is not really possible. And then, So you're probably talking about a year and a half because you've got to accelerate the spacecraft to that speed. And you have to bear in mind that to get to that, that. speed,
2: yeah.
3: um, Voyager has done slingshots around planets. Oh. <laughs> And uh, New Horizons, which is the other um, <laughs> the other uh, beastie that's, that's also travelling about the same sort of speed, which is currently approaching Pluto, has done a, a Venus Earth-Venus slingshot arrangement <laughs> right. uh, to get to that speed. So we have problems with the technology of actually attaining the 60,000 miles an hour type speed.
0: You can't even get near it, because like, yeah. like you were saying to me, the, the closest we've got <clears> is... What someone on a tricycle, isn't it? With the with the most modern technology.
3: Seventeen thousand miles an hour is current is the current fastest manned space vehicle. Which and actually that was space backed. shuttle as it mm. deorbited. What was that technology you were telling me about? Um... The ion drive technology. Um, ion drives are fantastic. Um, the problem you'll have is rockets are actually very expensive things. Um, if you think about Saturn V. Think how much of Saturn V was simply used to throw a tiny little bit of that spacecraft into Earth orbit,
0: and that's literally crossing the room. When that you're talking,
3: that isn't crossing the room. That's just about getting up off the sofa. Oh, okay. And when you're talking about Solar you Mars, uh, it's a whole different mindset. About... <laughs> so the problems yeah. we have are <laughs> chemical rockets are great. They've got lots of power, hell of a lot of grunt. But they are very expensive to launch. And heavy. And and they're heavy, and what you're launching, the the heavier whatever it is you're launching, the more rocket you've got to put behind it to push it there. Can it it ever get to a point where it can't go up? Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes. So there is a limit limit to capacity. So so the biggest thing for me is people being able to survive, well, I thought 180 days, but I've been corrected for a year and a half. Being able to survive that long and also it's psychological because I'm only going to be able to stay in a box for a year and a there's half.
0: that and there's also the fact that um, there's a pro- a prolonged negative effects on a low breath environment. So yeah, loss, muscle some, loss, muscle bone loss, problems, eye, eyesight loss. So by the time they get there, they're going to be... Aren't
2: they working on that at the moment though? Isn't, the, isn't there a space... Um, I've
0: written notes, but I There's can't see one them, guy on ISS that's the same, has got a twin brother on I believe.
3: There are a this number of things that they do to try and minimise bone mass loss, um, including impact um, exercise, so basically they wear a harness, rubber straps, and, and run on a treadmill yes, with the rubber yeah. straps providing the equivalent of gravity. <coughs> that supports the legs and the hips and the, the vertebrae but it doesn't really do that much for the upper body um, so bone loss bone section loss is, a, is an issue effectively your, your astronauts will arrive with osteoporosis uh, which is the yeah. calcium loss disease um, there is also the issue of what the dickens are they going to eat yeah. for nearly two years and then what, how are you going to get rid of oh, it oh and by the way you've still got to get back hmm um, now, getting back should be a little easier, should they? Because you're going down the sun's gravity well. On the way out, you're going up the sun's gravity well. So you've got to pl- provide energy to get yourself from Earth to Mars. It's not simply a case of starting off at sixty thousand miles an hour and you're still sixty thousand miles when you get there, miles an hour when you get there you're actually travelling slightly slower because you've climbed out of the Sun's gravitational well.
2: And then what about actually (coughs) then leaving Mars? I know we just briefly touched on that, because you're going to need the rockets to then get off of Mars, or is the gravity
1: not The gravity
3: on Mars... Sorry, the thing that you need to think about is the escape velocity. Um, You need a Saturn V star rocket to get out of Earth (laughs) because we have a a 25,000 mile an hour escape velocity. On On Mars, the escape velocity is around about... A third of that. Okay, so it's easier. So it's a lot less. Mm. It's a square law, so it's considerably less. Yeah. But, but you've still, got to carry that for a year and a half. You've got to carry You've got to get that up to speed. You've got to get all of that lot to 60,000 miles an hour. And if it doesn't work... And you've got to get it off the Earth in the first instance. Now, International Space Station is around about 450 tonnes. <coughs> it didn't get launched in one go. It got launched about three to five tonnes at a time by the Space Shuttle and by very big Russian rockets. Could you not build the, the shuttle so there? So you could build your Mars Explorer in pieces like the International Space Station.
0: So what really, all you, we're getting, tinting it, is infrastructure. Either you build the damn thing in orbit, or you build it or firstly, you have to get to the moon before you can mm. actually get the I was going to say, to
2: why, to not, Mars, why not build yeah. it on the moon? Or am I sounding really silly?
3: But again, no, <coughs> I'll go with that. The moon right. is a very good place to start from. We've, we've already proved that we can land Slight on the moon. Problem the moon. But... <laughs> Slight problem with the moon, but... Slight <laughs> problem with the moon. What's that? Uh, no water. Or very little water that we know about. So you wouldn't be able to survive long enough to actually build a shuttle. So oxygen is an issue.
1: Yeah.
3: Mm. Um... Water tends to be used as a solvent for all kinds of things, industrial processes primarily, and for cooling stuff. Right.
2: Um, see where you're going with this?
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, can, you can only do the
2: heating pants on the on the dark side of the moon. <laughs>
3: yeah. That's the one. Um, <coughs> it's not dark, by the way. There is no dark side. Okay, yeah. Moon. Okay. Fine. I was just every, <laughs> I was making it topical. <laughs> every bit of the moon is dark. Twenty-eight day, uh, fourteen days out of every twenty-eight or thereabouts. So So you're learning something, folks. You might might have to wait a couple of weeks (laughs) to get it to cool down again properly. Um, So, yes. Uh, And you have to think about the amount of times and how much fuel is expended in getting stuff into orbit. Yeah. There's also a lot of nervousness about launching anything that contains a lot of energy, Hmm. like fuel.
0: And, well, the other um, so choices northern. aren't a lot better, because you can so are better off building
2: in it when it's easier. <coughs> yeah.
0: The other so choices are... Building it in small, in low-earth orbit
3: is a sensible plan.
0: Those problems, yeah. isn't
3: it? Um, we were talking briefly about ion drives earlier. Rockets, I was saying, are very good in terms of specific energy. They contain a lot of energy in a very small space, but they're quite heavy to carry around. So they produce a lot of thrust. What's not quite so good in terms of thrust amount generated are ion drives. But I believe New Horizons uses an ion drive. That's how it's got half its speed, is by using an ion drive. What that does is it generates a very small amount of thrust, basically from solar energy, by flinging very light atoms out the back of a. sorry, very heavy atoms but a very small amount of them, out the back of a spacecraft at very high speed, generated electrostatically. (coughs) The problem with that is it's a very low amount of thrust. We're talking handfuls of Newtons. Now, anyone knowing about Newton's second law and F equals MA and all that kind of stuff, the F is Newtons, M is mass, and the A is the acceleration that results if you have a spacecraft that weighs 450 tonnes and you're generating at tops a few hundred newtons you have an acceleration of millimetres per second per second <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is...
2: and is that why they're flinging them round? I'm assuming it's once they get that speed they keep that speed
3: in space unless, unless you're climbing out of gravity well once you've achieved a certain speed, you keep that speed. Right. Terminal velocity. So. Yeah, no, there's no such thing as terminal velocity. That's that. Uh, that's what happens on Earth that slows stuff down. Um, you have a terminal velocity of a few hundred miles an hour.
0: That's when it's um, in um, air, contacting air. Yeah.
3: So, so in space, the there is point? no such thing as terminal velocity. You keep pushing. You keep going faster. This is how ion no cal- drives work. There's no counter. Um, there's nothing. There's no drag. There's nothing pushing you
1: back. Yeah, there's no area not There's oh, nothing. No, not I see why actually that direction. <laughs>
2: um, so that that's kind of an answer of, of getting the this this spaceship with people there and then moving it. But it's but it's
3: the point of getting the speed in the first place. Is oh, that New Horizons has taken four or five years to get that speed, hmm. Hmm. And, the other, and if you and,
1: and nice. it's not
2: like you can let it get the speed for five years and then quickly hop on it. because you've got to catch it up
3: yes Yes. so whoever is on it has got to be on it when it starts Um, we did talk briefly about food waste materials (laughs) this is almost certainly going to have to be a closed, well it will be a closed spacecraft so it will be a closed water cycle it will be a closed oxygen cycle you will need huge quantities of electrical power to turn water back into oxygen to breathe, mm-hmm. to crack carbon dioxide back into
1: oxygen so that you can breathe it. Because obviously going up there, you can't, you can't, humans can't breathe pure oxygen. No, you'd leave uh, an inert gas in the, yeah. in the atmosphere mm. that just keeps...
3: Mm. <coughs> <coughs> what would that be, <coughs> nitrogen? Or? Probably nitrogen, possibly uh, helium. So it will all sound like Donald Duck. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually irrelevant. Um,
2: what about um? Sorry, sorry, you finished that bit or yeah? What, what about problems with the the solar flares from the sun? Is Would that cause radiation? Always or? going
1: to be a problem.
0: Yeah, always going to be a huge um, problem. People on the ISS have to go into. Um,
3: they go into a specially shielded section of the ISS, mm-hmm. which has got thicker walls. <coughs> Basically, the ISS is, is barely any thicker than a beading.
0: Do. Don't get started on um, the Russian. Um, but um,
3: they go into an area I mean, which has got much thicker uh, walls um, the Russian spacecraft, the Russian space station was near,
0: which is well even
3: worse yes <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: it's I wonder if it was even set up there even though it's...
3: so <laughs> solar flares, cosmic rays are going to be an issue the, the people that are manning the mission are going to suffer from radiation damage Undoubtedly. So
2: when they're talking about getting a colony on Mars, are they actually going to be able to produce one?
0: What, Crackpot Space X? (laughs) We came about a few months ago. We heard that and just instantly laughed, didn't we? I have...
3: The issues I've got with a manned mission, in fact, any mission that returns from Mars, are first of all getting fast enough to get there in a reasonable time. Now, I'm thinking robot space probe first. You have a robot space probe. You can send it on its grand tour of the inner solar system and fly by Venus and Earth a couple of times to mm. get the speed up. But you've then got to carry sufficient fuel with you to slow back down again so that you're captured by Mars's gravity. Now, remember, Mars' gravity is very, very weak. It is about a third quarter that of, of Earth. So it is very, very low. (coughs) It has a secondary problem, that it has a very, very tenuous, very thin atmosphere that can sometimes balloon hugely.
0: Mm.
3: And I think a number of Mars space probes have been lost because the density and distance from Mars that the atmosphere extended varies hugely. Yeah. So when you come to do the sums about landing... Suddenly, you've slowed down a lot more than you expected, much sooner. <laughs> um, tends to be a bit of a problem when you're still a few hundred metres above ground, and you're yeah. at the right speed to land, but unfortunately the land is still 100 metres below you. Mm. The last 100 metres tends to be fatal. Yeah. fatal. Um, so, <clears throat> there are some serious issues with landing on one. But Of course, having got to the speed you get to to get you to Mars in a sensible time frame, you've got to slow back down again. (laughs) Right. And you haven't got nice planets to slow you down anymore. And you can't... um, So you've got to use your own power Mm. to slow you down. So pretty much, Mm. you come past Earth, tonking along at 60 kilometres an hour, 60,000 miles an hour, you've pretty well got to start slowing down again at that point.
1: Mm. Yeah, Because so it's going soon to take you, you all speed. of that to slow you yeah. back down again to get to a low enough speed to capture into Mars orbit.
2: <laughs> I mean, begin, sorry, Jamie, go on.
1: I, mean, I think what, what, what you were saying earlier about the sort of the health risk, I think one of the things that was proposed, this was back in 2006, was the one-way trip option. So humans don't actually come back, they actually go to Mars and actually... But aren't, aren't they there? then reliant on other people then coming bringing supplies? that was one of the problems that did come up during the study. <laughs>
3: you know,
1: how <laughs> can oh, I actually... There s- are a
3: number of people that have volunteered to go to Mars with no hope of ever getting... Yeah,
2: this, like, isn't there a company that's uh, that, that's really yeah. done-wittedly that thought SpaceX? that they're
0: going to do it? Although yeah. something I was about earlier, SpaceX. Although, I, I might put a problem up here. because you know I like to be devil's advocate every now and then? You just do. Have cause havoc yeah. And for, and you know I love conspiracy theories, all that sort of thing, see published work, ask blog, might be. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: but all this might be actually no point, because we might have already gone there before. What, land what, humans landed on Mars? Mars, Mars people seen on. seen Mars in 1972.
2: Oh, the documents are coming out, Silence found something.
0: Um, a woman claiming to be a former NASA employee claimed to have seen evidence of the most monumental cover-up in space history in the As she saw... Oh, yes, Dad, I know you're laughing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's uh, he sitting here giggling to himself, trying to not to... Get it's to not the, that notion of, did, did, was the moon was the well, landing fake? Given,
2: given everything that what Robin has just said, how can some woman say that there's some sort of cover-up that we've already
3: got there? We've landed a few spacecraft on Mars with an approximate hit rate of around about 50%. Using the best technology available, neither the Russians nor the Americans, nor, for that matter, the Europeans, have managed a 100% record on Mars. So how can... Uh, they
0: see two human figures in spacesuits walking mm-hmm. calmly towards the Vulcan lander, at the grandfather of today's Mars' curious rover across the Martian surface. Jackie called into... called... There, I've got more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do tell.
0: Uh, coast to coast AM in America this year, um, last year, I think.
1: Like uh, no, in, in America this year, and Arthur was there to solve a 27 year old mystery for me.
0: She claimed to have been working for NASA, hand, handling downlink temperature from lander, firstly not to send back images from the Martian surface. We saw two people walking towards the surface. She said the old Viking rover was running around, she said. Saying that she and six other colleagues were watching them on multiple screens. And saw two men in spacesuits. Not the bulky sorts we normally see, but they looked protective. Came over the horizon, walking to the um, like Viking Explorer. I know you have sitting there. Do you go? think she's been uh,
2: fell play to a, a joke? It wasn't April the 1st that she saw it, was it? I was just
0: thinking that's the first one
1: that
2: crossed my mind. Yeah, but images can be played around
3: with. They can be altered.
0: And how on earth has that been cleaned?
3: Um, there are some fairly fierce winds on Mars. Um, so I would not say
1: that... It's possible that the wind actually <coughs> is yeah altered it. So
0: that could be it that. Effects but bit. what about that image, though? That could be a person looking.
3: The human eye is incredibly good at assembling... Items, objects to look very much like a human, and to see a human where a human isn't possible, isn't,
2: or, isn't or to see
3: which
1: that? See, <laughs> trying to find danger in, in the bushes, isn't yeah. it? It's yeah, it is. yeah, it's because we, we've got that concept in our mind of what we've been told, so that's what we we automatically yeah. think we, what we see with our eyes. Well, there's
2: the amount of times I've seen faces in in trees or clouds and stuff like that,
3: particularly
1: clouds, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure that she's it's completely convinced
0: that that's what she saw. They Um, they then cut off our video feed. We ran upstairs, but they locked the door and taped paper over the door so we couldn't see. Um,
1: My question is, were they our our guys? Who? What what guys? I
2: mean, were they sent off in the 1960s when we didn't even have mobile technology? We actually got to the moon at that point. It's
0: 1979.
3: But they should, I mean, in terms of travel time... Yeah, We've yeah. only,
1: really, only just got the technology to get to Mars. Yeah. And you've got to also think, with all these problems that, that have come up over the years of actually of humans going to Mars and all this sort of, as you say, in terms of what we use to get up but there. And the thing I was, I've solved it. It the was a TARDIS.
0: The argument I'm, <laughs> put, <laughs> I'm not sure you have an answer for this. Area 51. There's technology in there we don't even know about, we can even speculate about. That could oh. possibly have got humans there without the general public knowing about it. But was Area Fifty One
2: real, or is it just a a, a, a spin for tabloids and spin for, for adventure?
1: Yeah, where's the actual proof that Area Fifty One even exists? Well, Area Fifty One clearly exists. There is certainly a, an, an area called really. Fifty One.
3: Um, whether whether there is any technology in there that is sufficiently advanced, I mean. I'd, I'd love to fall back on Arthur C. Clarke's um, rather famous quip that any sufficiently advanced technology will appear to, as magic. Uh, it's not a very good quote. It's not a direct quote. It's my paraphrase on it. Um, there is undoubtedly somewhere in the universe another another civilization. I'll go on saying that that is, is incredibly likely. Um, whether they can travel I don't know. Whether yeah, our future selves have developed time travel. Again, I have some serious doubts whether time travel is... gross time travel, such that you could go back many years. Small amounts of time travel, I think, are feasible.
2: <clears throat> would, you, would you mind explaining that? Because I would have thought it, it's not possible. Um, I was thinking
3: <laughs> of the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> if We've, you get sufficiently fast, uh, you... Your time dilates. time
0: dilation, yeah.
3: So, it's it's more um, or less your idea of stasis.
0: Can I, um, okay. Jamie, you, you have come across it before in uh, Planet of the Apes. They explain quite well.
1: Yes, they do, don't they? Mm.
0: Yeah. So, Sorry. if you send about a
1: spacecraft
3: yeah. away sufficiently fast, and you catch it up at some point in the future... So, time travel is actually impossible. possible... In a small way, but reverse way. time travel actually, but yeah. actually isn't. No. So <laughs> getting back to before you started, yeah. I don't think is actually possible. So it's a problem with causality there.
1: Hmm.
3: So hang on. Well, what we were talking about is, it, it,
2: let's say it goes off at a certain space car goes off at a certain speed. By the time it comes back, they've only experienced two years, as everyone else has experienced ten. Is yes. that what you're saying? Right.
3: Yes. Okay. So that will appear as time travel. But it's not.
0: No, it's a matter of. For
3: something. them, it will be. Yeah. For them, yeah.
0: For them, they will have travelled yeah. into the future. It's a matter of hmm. temper, temporal mechanics of the
3: universe. That I can believe, but yeah. they'll have a certain other but difficulties yeah. to get any sensible amount of time dilation. You'll have all sorts of other problems with length and weight, because hmm. whatever time dilates, length and mass do the same in the opposite direction. Yeah. So we're we talking to get a longer head, or yes, yeah, suddenly shrink or you grow, or I can't remember which way around it is, you <laughs> certainly get a lot heavier. A,
1: but that'd be a very strange <laughs> sensation. I couldn't imagine going through that. Yeah. And you wouldn't
3: actually feel it, because you you couldn't actually accelerate to but that then speed. To be then be you... hunted
0: by paint.
3: Yeah. Who yeah. would have thought it? <laughs> and we go back to sci-fi.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: Okay, so we've talked You're about we talked about the you monsters. We've talked about why we think it's possible, how we think it's possible, what the kind of problems are. But let's let's say we Pick find problem, out any problem. Yeah. No, let's say we find out a way of getting there. Let's say we find out a way of colonising there. Okay, we've done it, right. but. My question um, is why?
0: Too simplified for No, but
2: why? I want to quickly go into why, that. Why? 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 We, why go through the bother? Is it just to just to explore why, what yeah. happened to Mars so we can understand what's going to happen what, to us? Why? Or,
1: fair, why we would do
3: it in the first
0: place? Fair. Well, why do we explore the oceans?
3: Why did Why did Columbus first go to America? Phil? Well, Actually, the answer to that is he was looking for a sneaky route
0: around to yeah. go yeah. India. Phil? Yeah. <laughs> why <laughs> do Why do we explore the oceans? Okay,
2: I understand that. Yes. To discover I'm more not, about ourselves,
0: but well, yeah.
1: it's, it's not to discover what's happened or, or see it and to see, to explore out, see yeah, I know it's to explore, but and obviously one day you know at some point the, the Earth might not actually be here. We yeah, may need to we we well, well, say repopulate, but move elsewhere. I
3: mean, there has to be. I mean, why did we go to the moon in hmm. 1969? We went to the moon so we could. One of the reasons for it was that of exploration, of understanding, it's of trying to, and and to work out where, where we came, came from. So all of those things you spoke about. The secondary motive, of course, at that time was we're better than you. <laughs>
0: yeah, because um, we
3: had yeah, we had to do something. The Russians, because of their limited nuclear technology, had started out with much bigger rockets than us. Yeah. So therefore, they got a man in space first. Scare the living. Daylights out of the Americans, who then then said, ooh, best to do something better than that. Mm. Let's land on the moon. Let's go land on the moon. Um, With regards to the moon hoax, fairly clear dismissal of that. Do you think the Russians would have let them get away with it at
0: that stage? See my blog. See my blog.
1: Yeah, Yeah, because actually a few years ago, me and my dad actually watched um, a documentary on it. It's a two-part special. I did the hoax of you know well actually what evidence there is to support it but then they went against what actually this doesn't make any sense And there's a heap
0: of stuff There was, yeah
1: but it was interesting but I just thought no
2: question just popped in my head yeah and it's touching on what you just said about putting the man on the moon yeah and what we said about earlier about the velocity Mm -hmm. what sort of speed is that golf ball must be going at by now (laughs) that's a really random question but it is (laughs) a
1: little bit which one?
3: She's loads up there. Um, given that the escape velocity from the moon is four kilometres per second,
0: yeah, and
3: the I would suspect the golf swing can probably generate something in the region, tennis gets 100 miles an hour, I think that's probably landing quite safely on the moon. Right, fair enough. <laughs> so <laughs> it has it has landed. Yeah, I think it's landed.
0: Do hmm. yeah, I, I get a sure if it ends up in a black hole?
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's called a birdie, isn't it? Holy moly! You've been watching far too much Red Dwarf.
2: Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> <there, there>,
3: <laughs> or, or is that Hitchhiker's Guide? Hitchirama. I can't remember. Oh, so oh, it machine. might be Huitarame. Yes, <laughs> it could be all three. In fairness, <laughs>
0: <laughs> all of the above.
3: Yeah, all of the above. Yes, fair enough.
2: But no, all I was thinking is that the money that we're spending on. Going out there, couldn't we spend that on further advancing our own? Or have we further advanced our own? So, for example, during the war, a lot of the technology that we used in the war
3: has now been used to advance our own households. And similarly, with regards to uh, the NASA missions, that the Apollo missions, for example, a lot of technologies came out of that. And similarly, the uh, space shuttle missions, more technology came out of that.
2: So I suppose so it's, it's just us. A, we're exploring at the same time. That process is actually helping our civilization.
3: The driver, the driver that generates the technology to do things, is also the same driver that generates technology that we can then subsequently use for other purposes. Um, the unasked or partly asked question that should we spend the money on other things is one that simply won't go away. <laughs> Never. <will>. Um, <laughs> In the 60s, there was a lot of arguments why are we spending several billion dollars on rushing to the moon when we could be spending it on inequality and. Yeah. But you always. You're always going to have that <laughs> in fairness because it's yeah. people's
0: opinion,
2: which they're freely allowed to have.
3: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So <coughs> I think for the purposes of Mars missions, the technology exists. Ish, but there are technology developments that are ongoing. There's NASA have, I don't know, if you guys have seen it, the I EDM or MDM uh, technology, where they use an electromagnetic electromagnetic wave to generate thrust. Um, it seems to violate the second law. Um, there's a lot of argument against it. Newton's um, second law which basically means you've got to fling something out the back of a spacecraft to get the spacecraft to go forwards mm. or some of the arguments against it well the main argument is that they are throw- yeah. throwing nothing out the back mm. um, and but if that's
2: working then what, why is it a problem or am I sounding silly here
3: there is some questions about whether they have actually been able to replicate right, it, okay. whether it was a measurement error can we discount that as technology yet? I don't know. Is, is that technology... Is, 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 I was going to say, isn't all new technology like that initially anyway? Yes. Um, but then we got cold fusion. Well, cold fusion turned out to be a bit of a turkey. I don't actually know what, what's cold fusion, sorry. They found that there was a mechanism whereby you could use a strange electrolytic cell to generate, to use, to, to create fusion. So nuclear fusion. In a cold environment, so in a liquid, liquid phase oh. environment. Lots of excitement, lots of people buying huge quantities of platinum and rhodium and all sorts of very expensive materials, doing these electrolytic cells, and suddenly found that actually was a measurement error. Oh, whoopsie! Oops. The thing is that that kind of thing is the sort of thing that might occasionally turn up trumps. Yeah. If we'd sold cold, if we'd managed to generate cold fusion in that respect, pretty much our um, energy worries would be over. Uh, Because it didn't generate radioactivity, it was wonderful. Um, Clearly, we are now going back to hot fusion, and uh, the Europeans are currently building this monstrous great beastie in southern France called ITER, uh, which is a toroidal hot fusion system. It's based on the same kind of design as was built at Cullum, Back when I was a kid Yes, it was a long time ago <laughs> uh, We're talking 40 odd years ago um, It's a scaled up version They are now generating more power Than they put into it mm. okay. um, The jet Joint European Taurus at Cullum Just about broke even uh, In terms of power out Versus power in <coughs> But of course a toroidal uh, Plasma reaction Is a transient thing it cannot be sustained because you can't generate the current in the in the plasma t- to cause ignition. So you've got to have some kind of mechanism to, to smooth out the, the peaks and troughs. Um, but there's promise there. Do you do you think there is an energy
2: source out there like what we see in Star Trek
3: that makes space travel possible? Hydrogen. I have difficulty seeing anything at the present time, um, our closest hope for that is fusion um, and a hot fusion type technology. Um, we were talking about gaining thrust from a variety of mechanisms, all comes down to flinging matter out the back of a spacecraft at great speed. Hmm. In a rocket you do it by burning stuff Generating a large pressure in a chamber And that pressure yep. so rushes off, out Through a and nozzle Pushes you, pushes forward. pushes you forwards uh, Ion drives generate it by Evaporating a, an atom Accelerating it to incredibly High speeds using Electrostatic power Station technology That then flies out the back of the spacecraft At a very 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 high speed That generates your very low levels of thrust a, an idea back from the 1970s, yeah, that, that far back, was that instead of using a chemical reaction, you used a nuclear one. Well, that doesn't sound good. So <laughs> what you did was you built yourself an incredibly long spacecraft that looked a bit like truss. You know, the truss you get at yeah. mm-hmm. concerts, mm. long truss, Blonde. habitable module at one end, engine at the other. Um, the engine basically worked by creating a huge magnetic field. Into that magnetic field, you injected a pellet of something like deuterium, heavy hydrogen. Sounds very costly. Yep. <laughs> and then you used very high-energy lasers to ignite it as a hydrogen bomb.
1: Right. So Effectively,
3: you rode on a series of hydrogen bomb explosions.
1: So how did that work out for them then? When They, when they, they never built it. They never built it. I was going to say that. No. I mean <laughs> no. G- G- Google <laughs> Google Project Daedalus will do. The,
2: on- the only other thing I'm thinking is, that, I mean, Gene Roddenberry obviously was a very clever man. And a lot of what he just put his mind to has then become apparent, like the, the-, the hospital beds, the flip phones, the tablets, mm. all these sorts of things. He, he must have been on somewhere. When he was thinking about it, he wouldn't have just thought, oh, the only thing I can't think about is the space travel, uh, I'll just invent some rubbish um, well, and, and they, see if it works.
0: They've said, they've said that they use real science, real science of the time, that hmm. was
1: actually Yeah, there possible. is that. Yeah, this notion of uh, all they use using there is antimatter. Antimatter does actually exist in very, very, very small quantities, hmm. but it, it does exist. It takes, it
3: takes huge quantities of, of real energy to create an antimatter.
1: Yeah.
3: And when you create antimatter, you create a matching amount of matter, um, mm-hmm. because you can't turn energy into something without something to balance it out. Mm. It's that law of conservation of stuff, yeah. uh, it's the law of conservation of energy, primarily. Um, you can't create energy, uh, you can only release it or transfer it from yeah. one form to another. Yeah. And the form you're transferring it to is from raw energy into matter. Uh, that matter has to be able to go back the other way. If you can't, it's not going to work. Yeah. And so you've also then got to create balance of charge and balance of, mm. of particles and all the rest of it. So matter and antimatter, you can create, you can force those together and you create, well, actually, it's a nuclear explosion. Yeah. Um, and that will generate huge quantities of energy. Guiding that, guiding that energy into a direction to force you forwards. Is the art. Isn't that just going to explode from the inside? Uh, You wouldn't actually use... You would use magnetics or electrostatics to... To keep it it in place. To keep it in place and to move it, to guide it the way you want it to. The problem you have with matter and antimatter is that they go in opposite directions in uh, electromagnetic fields. So you would effectively have to use uh, guns to fire matter and antimatter and get them the into, a, into a confined space. yeah, And then that... But, yeah. Uh, how you contain that energy once you've done that, I don't know.
1: Um, That's a whole different ballgame. A whole
2: yeah. different ballgame. I mean, that, again, if we had that answer, then we wouldn't be talking about the, the, the planned mission and how they're going to do it.
3: No. At the present time, we've got reaction engines. Be they ion drive, be they nuclear explosions, be they chemical.
2: Do you think, (coughs) quickly just, I know you've got to say something else, do you think the ion drive is the way forward if they could make it better?
3: The ion drive is the most scalable. They could make it bigger. But then would it be too heavy? Kind of. Um, To get the amount of power that you need to drive an ion drive... Youth, and, and to make it big enough to power something that's weighing 100 tonnes plus, uh, you're going to need nuclear power, effectively.
2: You can't rely on the solar rays that they use.
0: No, that would run a uh, You're stuff. going
3: to, yeah, you'll use, you'll use that, well, actually, if you've got nuclear power to generate, the electrical power to generate, to produce the ion drive, you wouldn't You're need
0: any further
3: fair enough I was, because that, that was my next question is what happens when we go and we do
2: produce something like that but we go out of our universe and there's no uh, sorry out of our um, galaxy and there's no sun there's no I wouldn't
0: universe. worry about that anytime soon uh, sure. yeah, yeah, uh, we're, yeah. Having, we're having to be able to our next we're planet, not even yet. getting to Mars no, there
2: yeah. alone so should we galaxy. actually talk about the way that they're, they're proposing to do it because they NASA released a, an image which I've got here somewhere Um of what they're looking at doing, because they're looking... It, 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 it's, um Let's get the name of it properly. Because they've got something that they're, orbits, they're, they're sending off now. Orion? Is it Orion? The space shuttle? Orion? No, no not Orion. There's, there is, I can't remember the name of it, but there is a certain um, shuttle that's supposed to be... They're supposed to be capturing an asteroid, diverting it to the moon, so it then gets caught in the moon's gravitational pull. So they can test how people... uh, There's something that they're going to land on that asteroid and they're going to test how people survive in space. That's one of the the, the plans of moving forward.
3: Right. Well, we've managed to (laughs) land on a comet recently. We have managed to land... Yeah, we've managed to land on a comet. We've... I don't think we've yet been to an asteroid. Or even a minor planet for that matter. In any way that's going to do anything that's going
1: to help us out here. Um, well, as recently as sort of last year, India managed to successfully place an unmanned um, satellite in Mars's orbit. Yeah,
0: so that's not very difficult to do. Yep. Placing, no. placing
1: satellites in, in orbit around planets is doable.
3: We've in done like it. Decades. Yeah, we've hmm. done that several times already. We've landed on several other planets. Um, some of them landing on them is not exactly a feasible option (laughs) because they don't have something to land on Mm. Um, and those ones we disappeared into the inside quite quickly uh, Jupiter for example yeah Um,
2: I've actually found my notes back to what I was talking about it's called the Orion Space uh, ship and it's about 16 foot across by by 11 foot wide there's plenty of room for four people six people if you have to and that's what they were looking at landing on an asteroid that they would capture and direct to go orbit around the moon. Is that possible? Or does that sound a bit sort of far-fetched?
3: It's possible. Yeah, the idea was a way
2: of, is so that they could monitor how, how a astronaut can live on, zero, on, on less gravity and they can monitor uh, how a person lives. Yeah.
3: Well, we know how people live in low gravity we have had people living in low gravity for up to a couple of years. Um, and that's been in, in the Mir space station and on the ISS. So we've had... ISS has been inhabited now for many years. So we've had lots of people up there.
2: Oh, maybe I'll have to relook look into that. What we'll do is when, when the episodes go live, I'll, I'll put this graphic on our website, and um, oh, sorry, on, on the Facebook feed and the Twitter feed just so people can have a little look at it, it's what NASA released when they did their uh, press conference, gives which you was look. about an hour long, uh, which is actually on YouTube if you wanted to put If you put in the NASA the, and then ESA manned mission, it's the third one that comes up. People want to have a look at it.
1: Yeah, because it gives people a good sense of people just seeing it visually, what, what, what actually their proposals do. Yeah, yeah. Do you think we should
0: start to wrap this up?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, has anyone got any burning... The, my, my main questions was how, why, and what's the point.
0: I think, I say, we've only touched the iceberg of problems. Mm. Yeah, there are lots
1: more problems with it. Which
0: know? is why it's going to take us another 15, 20 years at least True. before yeah. we even yeah. get there.
3: Yeah, I can see why they set themselves a target that is 15 odd years. Uh, it makes a great deal of sense. Um, it may take several years to build the transit craft uh, <coughs> um, which is going to make that journey. Yeah. Um, as I've said we have got some issues relating to taking the fuel that we're going to need to Mars so that we can get it back, Yeah. we can get whatever it is back from Mars um, sample return mission is the first thing that they're going to have to do actually physically land something on Mars do a quick scoop dump that into a a rocket ship that then comes back to mm. Earth. Because we would to do that straight away, it. really, we need to
2: know that that is feasible. Um, and how would you practice that? I mean, I suppose that's on the moon. The moon. No, you do it to Mars. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. What you mean we you did sample tomorrow.
3: return the missions to, to the moon before we did the, the manned missions?
2: Right. I see. Um, Again, so that's why we've sent we've sent um, rovers there and stuff like that.
3: Well. Landing something there is not too much of a problem.
2: Making sure it doesn't die.
3: Making sure it doesn't die is an issue, clearly, (laughs) but that's one that we've addressed. (laughs) Getting it back is the difficulty. Remember, we've got to land whatever it is on Mars. Now, there is a possibility that what we could do is take, effectively, a small Saturn V to Mars orbit it around Mars and then take a service module down to the planet itself, land that, grab the sample, launch that back into Mars orbit, dock it with the main spacecraft and then launch the main spacecraft back to Mars. That way you don't have to take a huge amount of mass to the surface of Mars and bring it back again. So that's a feasible possibility, should be done fairly shortly. If we're going to hit a target of getting a manned craft there at any time in the next, because if that's it light take, light if light it's it. going to take two years to get there, two years to get back. That's four years already gone.
1: Mm.
2: That's a fifth. Of and you've got to start building. Mm. That's a, th- a third of the time they've given us. And you've still got to build the ship. Mm. One one final question I did have is: we have a space station for Earth. Mm-hmm. Why why is it not an idea to have one for Mars as kind of like a, an interconnection? So. The, 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 rather than land on Mars with this big ship that's got you there you get to the space station mm-hmm. you then don't need the power to get out of Mars' orbit
0: that would take even longer Phil.
2: but you'd land there and then you'd take
3: a separate craft down
0: you've got to build the bloody thing
3: yeah I mean yeah. the issue is you've got to get whatever it is to Mars' orbit yeah,
0: as ever Phil, you, might, case here, you might have, you have
3: to even, I, it might be the, what you do is you have it as two missions. So you have one mission that takes the return ship to Mars, and a second mission that follows it that takes the the lander component to Mars. <coughs> that way you know your return is just is guaranteed before you set out. Mm. Um, no government that I in, certainly, in the democratic world, and I'm not even sure that the that in the um, the uh, totalitarian regimes would try launching a mission with no return possibility. Yeah. Um, certainly, no democratic government
0: will do that. Yeah. They just wouldn't uh, allow it. They wouldn't allow it. Mm. Uh, E.g., why SpaceX is probably never going to happen.
3: So. Uh, whether it's their own mission or even a commercial mission. Would I they stop think. a commercial mission, yes. even if
2: people wanted
3: to? They wouldn't give them a mission to launch. Right. Um, so, maybe you could do it from international waters. Elon Musk seems to be doing quite a lot in international well, one, you know, and he's doing it in uh, US territorial waters, trying to land spacecraft on barges. He's not having much success, it has oh. to be said. I Australia don't know who, who you were talking about, sorry. SpaceX, right? Okay, oh, sorry. The, yeah. Falcon, yeah. the Falcon nine uh, <laughs> rocket. Uh, they've had three attempts at landing on a barge, and they've got it precisely right once. No, no, they haven't. They haven't once. It's it's blown up on all three occasions they've tried. Right. So they still continue. They're getting or... better at it. Ah. Um, yeah. The last one basically toppled over as it landed. What, what is it? Is it some <laughs> billionaire who's just having a bit of fun? It's a billionaire that's been paid quite a lot of money by NASA to launch uh, supplies to the International Space Station. SpaceX is a is a commercial entity that is launching supplies to the International Space Station. Right. Um, one of two uh, US organisations that have been paid by NASA to do it. Um, Musk has decided... He's the man behind Tesla, the American uh, battery-powered cars. Oh, okay. Okay. So uh, he has he has tra- he has here track track record here, he's got history.
2: He's um, not just some you with a lot of no, money no, 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 from no. Oh I can do no, this. No.
3: And and he's taken the, the contract, which was to build a disposable rocket, and he said, Right, I'm not gonna build a disposable rocket, I'm gonna build one that I can land, that I can reuse. Mm. Um, and that's basically the the bottom half of the Saturn five, the big bit, he's trying to land.
2: Is he doing it on a small scale, or is he doing it on a no, big no, scale? big. Oh, Christ.
3: He's, he's, these are the launcher vehicles that are launching supplies to the International Space Station. So they're launching several tonnes of supplies. They are almost the size of a Saturn V. And right. he is attempting to land them on their tail, on a barge in the Atlantic. That's quite a mission to carry
1: out. <laughs> um, he's I mean... getting better at it. Is not quite get quite but it's there like yet, anything, no. isn't
2: it? You don't, you don't learn to walk straight away, you fall yeah. over all the time. Oh, yeah, you can have yeah,
1: one before you can
3: walk. How many times did something that was a predecessor to Saturn V fall over and go kaboom on the, on the, on the pad? How many
2: apples fell well, down before we, one
3: went on the Newton's head? Hmm. Um, so you know, the technology there's, there's a lot of technology development going on. There's every reason to think that over the next 20 years, we will develop further technologies that might make actually
2: might make it feasible. Hmm.
1: But then, but working. then
2: it could also, which might answer a lot of people's why are we spending this money on doing it? Why don't we help the world? Be by doing this, could create technologies that will help us. Yeah,
3: yeah, that said. is true. That is true. I mean, the other things bear in mind is that in the last 20 years, we have gone from a limping hydrogen fusion to something that's looking reasonably promising. Two different approaches, um, both generating power. I've mentioned using nuclear power as your power source in space. There's a huge problem with using fusion power because if it all goes horribly wrong, spreading a a fission reactor around the world by burning it up in the Earth's atmosphere, is really not a good idea at all. No. Uh, I think everybody would agree that taking a nuclear reactor and allowing it to go kaboom, um, oh yes, that happened at Fukushima, uh, tends to do fairly nasty, nasty things. Yes, yeah. and, really cool. and does <laughs> that
2: for a long time. If you
3: want yeah. that in the atmosphere, going around the world. Yes. So, launching <laughs> fusion reactor, fission reactors, is a no-no despite the fact that it's actually a very good way of generating a lot of power in a compact space.
2: I don't particularly want radioactive showers.
3: Fission. Fusion reactors, on the other hand, don't take radioactive material with them. They become radioactive in operation, but they don't take nuclear uh, radioactive material with them. It doesn't start radioactive. So launching a, fission rea- a fusion reactor is a possibility. If we can build one that works reliably, and in a relatively small space. There we go. 20 years, we might have something that approximates
0: that. I don't know. As I've said before, in another one where we've done this sort of thing, I don't want to (laughs) go.
2: Watch watch this space. No, I mean, we, we, we that's when we were talking about the commercial flights into space, wasn't it? And I was that saying was, that so, I um, I would want to go if I had the money.
0: Virgin Galactic.
2: Virgin sorry, Galactic. I yeah. Because, because we, I
0: say, we, I'm we not going to, on that, and I'm not going
1: on this. Because we mentioned Why? that. In that we mentioned that in our Star Trek Three discussion, didn't we? We were doing the news section. Yeah, true.
0: So, but if they get it
2: right and it, it becomes commercialized, it's the same the as getting right. in a plane. Yeah. What's what's the
1: I would want to myself. I mean, at the
2: moment, isn't it more likely to die
1: from a falling tree than it is in a, in a plane crash? Actually, what? not. Not actually. No, let's not mention that too much. Well, just seeing something <laughs> you've never seen before. I mean, you see, you see all these images of, of space on TV, where it's fictional, what they sent to wherever is prose. It's set but it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing as actually going there yourself and seeing it for yourself. Mm.
2: I'd love to. Love to. How do you miss
1: out on ten
0: years of Earth?
1: I think. I think there is a lot to be gained by actually
3: having. Somebody Mm -hmm. with experience and knowledge going to a place. Certainly, when they sent a geologist to the moon, we gained a lot more from that moon mission. Apollo 17 had a geologist on board. Mm. Other than a golf expert. (laughs) (laughs) Look, anyone can swing a club in space. (laughs) So, there is reason to perhaps go there. Um, There's a lot of unanswered questions with Mars.
2: I mean, for example, why are there waterways and canals?
3: Are they waterways and canals? Well, that's that's the question. <laughs> there is evidence that there has been flowing water on Mars. There is apparent. Do we, evidence
2: do, do we know of it's water, water though? Was well, it water? Because they have their own. Well, well, I suppose their laws must <laughs> be the same oh as ours.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah it's just touch the yeah yeah Phil please
2: please stop there to to those who don't know obviously a lot of our listeners don't know who Robin is is the first time they've heard him but I've known him a long time same time I've known Simon. every time I talk to him I always get fascinated and get lost in it so and Simon he actually looks how he looks now often time he is listening intently but he's been down this road and this is what he calls old father
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think I'll go in the same
2: way as you feel. Very I will point out. Really?
1: Well, well, I will point out it was his
0: idea, but, yeah. but yeah. Martians—you're <laughs> talking about 19th-century ideas there. Oh look, they look like canals. There must be Martians up there. <laughs> that's what you go. That's what So, it we we, we people through. believe that the Earth was, the however,
3: having said that, yes, canals is a 19th-century idea. First of all, Lowell, blame him. Saw canals <laughs> on Mars, um, but that was a trick of. Trick of the light, trick of the eye. And as we said uh, when you were talking about the, were there humans on Mars, the human eye is incredibly good at interpreting something that looks like it might be
1: as as being it. As we said earlier. It's
3: very good at that. Mm. However, there is plenty of evidence of something that has flowed very much like water. Mars is in the right region for liquid water to have perhaps existed.
2: Do you think it should? It would have been further off? Because obviously we're, we're going closer to the sun all the time. Is that right? Am I wrong?
3: Possibly. Let's no, um, not go down that there way. Are, <laughs> <but> did, <laughs> there are changes that have happened in Mars's atmosphere that will have changed the temperature on Mars, both the temperature and the pressure on Mars, which means that liquid water is, is quite possible. I mean, water has been detected on Mars. Water effects of water have also appeared, sorry, appear to have been found by the rovers, the two Opportunity rovers. Do you think it could have been like our planet,
2: but something dramatic happened?
0: No. What well, you yeah? I'd say yeah. because is because isn't Mars also in the Goldilocks zone?
3: Kind of.
2: We are just
3: dead, we're dead in the Goldilocks
2: zone. Is
0: it just out of it? So is there a chance it's, so on, it's on the, the cold side? For those who side. don't
2: know of the Goldilocks zone, I'm assuming it's the best oh part of it. Oh,
0: just a so so strict sh- way, it's Minshara-class systems. It's oh, I see white, what you mean, this is yeah. too hot, this is too cold, yeah, this got is got just you. right, right, yep, fine, okay, carry on. Mars is
3: on the cold side of the Goldilocks zone, Venus is on the hot side of the Goldilocks zone. Mars, unfortunately, is, yes, is a bit right. on the small <laughs> side <laughs> to keep hold of enough atmosphere to keep it snug and warm.
2: So its size is its, is its problem?
3: Its size was its problem. Do you, you think that's... it used to be bigger? No. Please no, don't get bigger and larger.
0: No, it's... no, I, I'm just...
3: Well, no, I mean, so actually a valid question. It probably was heavier, because it would have had liquid water, whatever that weighed. How much there was of it, all, all which now thinking. evaporated. It's now gone off into space um, because it they're, they're, the molecules that got into the atmosphere achieved escape velocity from thermal heating, bounced off solar rays, teaming up they go, away they go into space. Now,
2: all I was thinking is that it might be an absurd thing to say, but if Mars had that <clears throat> and Mars was like that, w- was it in a different sort of section or was it in a different area? Was it larger...
3: And then something dramatic happened to make it all change? Nothing dramatic happened to Mars. Just time. Time. Right. It just ran out of the materials that keep it just snug and warm. So would that eventually happen to us? Unlikely, because we're bigger. So our escape velocity is higher. Therefore, the chances of a molecule of water somewhere near the surface getting enough energy to escape from the Earth is... So it inadvertently always comes back down. It ends up coming back in. We lose a small amount, but we gain from meteorites. We gain from all sorts of other sources. There is a possibility that we are getting lighter. But it's trivial. Yeah, fair enough. Certainly. It's certainly not changed in the uh, four billion years since we were formed. No. I don't really see it
1: happening the in the next four billion years.
3: <laughs> Not in any way that we're probably, we can we'll have, probably have the sun explode
2: before Yeah, more likely. Oh yes, we have.
3: No, it doesn't explode, it'll never explode. It'll blow up to be a red giant, and then it'll shrink quietly to be a brown so
2: By which point, everything will be incinerated.
3: Yes. Uh, yes, because we'll actually, the Earth's orbit will actually be inside the uh, surface of the sun. All out there. Sounds hot. It'll be very hot. We'll be roasting
2: <laughs> and on that note. note of doom and destruction, <laughs> it's, right. it's a few billion years yet. Yes. <laughs> don't worry. We'll, we'll, probably, probably we'll, will probably, we'll probably develop something that will help us move the, uh, <laughs> the earth by that point.
0: I like ice cream.
2: That was truly random. Yeah, we always, like, I, we always I, like. You said like, like Ralph Wiggum. I like stuff. We're, but but we're I want like to that, end Morgan. it
0: on a good note, though. That's what I'm trying to do. Instead of we're all going to die, we're whereas us- if you end it on I like ice cream, that's cheerful. And you get a nice suntan as well. What do, you, what do you like? Do you like ice cream? I do like ice cream. No,
2: I yeah. like gelato.
0: Is it dead.
3: The point I would make.
1: Are <laughs> 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 we going to
3: be engineers? Aren't, aren't going to notice anything. Neither are our
2: children's right. children. It does I
0: like ice cream. The
3: generation we come up with. So
1: there you go. but the this question age. still stands. Yeah, do you like do
0: you ice
1: cream? cream? Yeah. And what sort of <laughs> ice cream do you like? Doesn't. Fair no, enough.
0: Well, there we go. <laughs> that's, that's what I wanted.
2: I When Robin started, I thought he was going to give a scientific answer to: Does he like ice cream? Don't <laughs> don't I thought he was that. actually going to try
0: and.
1: You will now. Now have to go through all over again. What's What's the signs of behind Bobby Larkin
0: ice cream.
3: <laughs> no, I'm not going to go there.
0: Because <laughs> Dad knows um, I am serious. I would end up going down a different route and we we'll would be going through the same thing all over again.
2: I'm not a biomedical engineer. <laughs> <laughs> right, and our next episode uh,
1: <laughs> is all about ice cream. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Normal Service does resume
1: next time as we are doing. Star Trek characters, what jobs do they work in our society? So.
2: To which which I said, and I will leave you with Wolf in a Librarian. Wolf in a Librarian? As
1: a Librarian, yes.
0: Yeah, we'll pick that up next episode.
1: (laughs) My library. Hence my puzzled look on my face at this moment.
0: So, yeah, that's I another, think that's another, been um, another episode. I mean there
1: has been an episode, but I, I, we, we hope that you've
2: really enjoyed it. And we, we hope you're still and, awake. And,
0: and well, learn something from the something Yeah,
1: because I must admit, I've learned quite a lot which I didn't know before. Because there's a lot of our podcasts that go, we think,
2: maybe, that's a nice idea. Who knows? But now we've actually got kind of answers. Yes, please.
3: Or more questions and more answers, yes. Well, hopefully, yeah. I've given some answers. have indeed. <laughs> those more questions I suspect <laughs> or people now
2: searching on Google or have been yep. searching on Google but um, it's been a pleasure Robin thank you very
3: much for coming yep. on the show
2: thank you You're very
3: welcome. much for your vast knowledge and wisdom I wouldn't like to say the wisdom's vast but the rest of me is very yeah. like. <laughs> and if you press the red button now he'll be sorry um... <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh ok
2: let's <laughs> just let's move on from there yeah, shall yeah, slide. Um, As always, I've been Phil,
0: I'm Simon, and I'm Jamie, and goodbye from me, Robin.
2: See you later, guys. Bye. Thank you.
0: Bye. Bye.